bars and hoops, Lamont swoops, back alley cats, the back door cuts with alley oops, posting up, you on block or mic and booth and kick it out to one who likes to shoot, oh yeah, said we merging them, got 50 with a surgeon and some throwbacks like Snoop Dogg with Magic Irvin's and some more in like Master P and Dr. Irvin playing on how about maybe a little Wayne speaking on bird back then, bars and hoops y'all, we hitting up all courts, for now with the sports talk, next we talk all sports, back to it. Got Jada and Jamal Croft, haters get crossed out, crossed up across all actual facts. Points of view that you've never seen from your favorite artists, like talking about Jeffrey Green or Gerald Wallace. Whoever's on your favorite team, L. I mean, on the verse, it still be great on the name for being H. Drake's opinion on spades, one synopsis of Blake, tip on Horford's fate. The facts we giving them straight, the truth they shitting on tape. Who sports snakes for a stake, so true or you can debate on who you really done rate. Come through it, really be great. The true, the fact like a state. AAM on Prime 8, please remember. Bars and hoops, the center of the hood. Make it part of your agenda. What up, what up, what up, y'all? Bars and Hoops stills the great. Episode 69. You know, today's episode is definitely going to be a, a good one. You know, I'm here with a very good friend of mine. You know what I mean? Mr. Dorian Cabrera. You know, he's the subject of a documentary on a life-changing experience for him. You know, I'll let him tell your story. But the name of the documentary is Section 3, Finding My Vision. You know, and, you know, I'll just get to Dory and let him tell you a little bit about himself. So, Mr. Cabrera, tell everybody about yourself, man, where you came from. What's going on? Uh, yo, first and foremost, I thank you for the opportunity to get on this uh, podcast. Yes, and, sir. Um, Appreciate it. You know, letting the world hear my story. Yes, sir. Um, well, I grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Yes, sir. You know, and um, I grew up in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And um during that time, you know, my, my parents, first and foremost, they immigrated here from the Dominican Republic okay. in the mid-60s. Okay. So, you know, they you know, they landed in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, out of all, all places. places. <laughs> you know, it could have been Washington Heights, <laughs> you know, or you know, or, yeah. or Queens or yeah. you know, but we wound up just, you know, uh touching down in Brownsville and in and, the eighties. In the eighties, it was it was it was kind of crazy because you know, Brownsville was a predominantly black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And us being Hispanic, a lot of people weren't like weren't ready for us. They really? didn't even, you know, they used to be calling me like I remember I used to get in fights when I was younger because they were like, hey, white boy. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, white boy, yeah. you know, you know, automatically I'm popping off. Yeah. But um what it was is that, you know, and you know, in these neighborhoods you know, that they, you know, call ghettos, yeah, you know, where, you know, concentrated in certain places, mm-hmm. particular races. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at that time, you know, um, you know, blacks weren't really, you know, um, uh, around Hispanics like that, Got you. you know, but wow. uh, yeah. And, um, but, you know, as time goes along, you know, you know, more Hispanics started Coming moving in, in yeah. and, you know, we started entwining both of our cultures. Yes, indeed. You yes, know, indeed. where we, you know, we became cousins. No question. <laughs> nah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Because we all we got yeah, in these exactly. communities. At the end of the day, we all together. That's like Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia is like a big melting pot, man. You ever been to Philly, man? You got whites, you got Hispanic, you got Asian, you got blacks. Yeah, and yeah. 
and the white boy would be the the, the dude. Yep. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, you know, yeah. so it's like that. So yeah. I get it. I get it. So so and and you know, aside from that, you know, it was all love, you know, mm-hmm. because during that time we were poor. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, um, but it was like I always say it was love. Even yeah. though we was poor, it was love. It was like you know, your neighbor was like your your aunt or your uncle. Mm-hmm. You know, if you did something wrong mm-hmm. and if your parents weren't around, yeah. you know, they would put hands on you. No question. Yeah. You know? Facts. And they, you know, and they had the green light. Yeah. You know, so it was more respect. It was more uh, uh, togetherness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in a pro- I, and this is in a project, you know? What projects? Howard Houses. Howard. Howard. Yeah. Shout out to Howard. Yeah. And, um, I remember, uh, you know, it was so, we, we were so in tune with each other, man, mm-hmm. in the community mm-hmm. that I remember uh, an old timer, he had a garden, mm-hmm. you know, right next to, you know, right in the grassy area next to the project. Yeah. I'm talking about he was raising tomatoes and all <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> and so it goes to show you that, you know, how in tune that we were with, with each other, mm-hmm. you know, back mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, to make a a long story short, uh-huh. you know, things started transpiring in my life yeah. that they began, you know, uh, my life began changing for like the worst. Yeah. And I one remember. of the things were when you know my parents they you know they separated. Okay. You know, and I probably was like eight years old at the time. Okay. Okay. And because of that, you know, um, you know that that was like a blow, you know, to yeah. me, you know, that really. You know, change things for the worse. Yeah. And um, you know, right at and you know, a few years after that, that's when the crack epidemic hit. Eighty seven, eighty eight. No. Yeah. Yeah, about eighty seven, eighty six. Yeah, eighty six yeah, for sure. And um, you know, when that crack epidemic hit, you know, and and you know, we don't have that father figure at home. Yeah. You know, slowly but surely, me and my brother, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was the, the youngest of three. I okay. had an older sister and a brother. Okay. You know, and um, when that crack epidemic hit, yeah. and I didn't have that father figure there to yeah. keep me in line, yeah. or me or my brother, we began to start straying into got the you, streets. You got know? you. Got you. Wow, yeah, man. Single parent homes, man. A lot of these kids nowadays are in that same type of predicament. Man. Yeah, yeah. And and you can definitely get caught up quick if you don't have that male father figure. Like they said, man sharpens man, still sharpens still. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. It's hard to raise a man as a woman, you know. It's hard, you know. And, but, the, um, and, mm-hmm. the, and the thing about it is that you we were able to have, like our parents was able to instill certain morals and principles in us before they separate. Okay. So, you know, it's not like, you know, you know, it's sad for me to say that mm-hmm. a lot of time in this present day, mm-hmm. these kids is not getting that. They're yeah. not getting like, you know, they they don't even know what it is to yeah. even know what a two family home is. Yeah. We had the opportunity to know that yeah, two parent household for you sure. You know, they some kid, a lot of kids now growing up in the hood, they don't know what it is no. to be living a, a two family That's a home. Fact. That's a and fact. it's like you know what I say, a lot of a lot of issues, especially relationship issues, arise out of that because mm-hmm. you know I say when you have a mother and father mm-hmm. present in the home, mm-hmm. and you know you have the children, mm-hmm. the children if you're a young girl mm-hmm. you know what kind of man 
you know, you should, know, be, around. You should, you should be around yeah. that's going to be able to be Provide. a nurturing force, a mm. positive, progressive force in your life. Yes, and if you're uh, a young man, mm -hmm. you know, having that father figure, it mm -hmm. gives you an example of what a man should be. That's a fact. But when that is absent from mm -hmm. the home, mm -hmm. you know, you know, a young woman doesn't know what kind of man that she, she, she has no standards yeah, of a definitely man. Definitely have no standards for sure. And then a young man who doesn't have that father, he doesn't have an example to that's a fact. how to. He don't know how to become a man. That's a fact. That's you a know. Fact. That's absolutely right. That's that. That's definitely a fact, man. And I do remember you in the documentary mentioning that. Things transpired at home with your family that made you turn more so to the streets. So when you say the streets, like, what's an example of some things that you would get yourself caught up into that you probably shouldn't have gotten yourself caught up into? Like, in particular, I seen one instance in the documentary, you said something about a barbershop situation with another gentleman, you know what I mean? And I was like, wow, that's that's crazy, you know? Um, well, basically, that just stemmed from, you know, um, we, we, one thing I was, fear used to be my, my defense, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I was a stone cold killer because nah. I wasn't, you know, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. But you I took think care my, of yourself. I took care of myself. Yeah. And I think that was fear. Yeah. Fear of me, of somebody killing me. Yeah. Fear of somebody hurting me. Yeah. So that made me any little situation that arose and it it, it, it looked like it was going to lead into something, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 physical. Yeah. I'm popping off first. <laughs> and and that's what happened in that instant. Okay. You know, um, yeah. you know, me and, a, you know, uh, yeah, gentleman, associate yeah. at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a, you know, you know, associate. I won't say friend. I would say yeah. associate at the People time. That's close to you. We we got into a you know argument yeah. and he said he was gonna shoot me. Wow. And I had a gun on me. Wow. So the thing is, is yeah. my instinct, oh you gonna shoot me? Yeah. I got heat on me. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. pop you. Yeah. You yeah. know, you yeah. said you're gonna pop me, yeah. so I'm gonna hit you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so That's that was one of those you. things, you know, and yeah. it wasn't nothing that I was like, yo, I'm a straight yeah. murderer killer. Nah, no. I got you. you that was just my yourself. instinct. No what question. Saying? No so, question. Damn, man. I get it now. I get it now. So, fast forward into you know the altercations in the streets to the point where your life changed. Like, explain that situation and how that came about. Well, you know, um, let me just you know lead up to that. And mm -hmm. you know, I was getting into while you know I veered off into the street life. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm selling crack. You okay. know, I'm being you know I started off being a lookout first and foremost. Okay, okay, and then everybody started off. Yeah, and then you know I graduated into pitching. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. then you know next thing you know I'm you know I'm you know I'm gunman. Yeah, <laughs> I'm security. Yeah. So now, <laughs> now as that's coming along, you mm -hmm. know I'm starting to catch cases. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh, so you was already getting. Jammed up back and yeah, forth. Yeah, I'm getting oh. a little gun charge here, getting caught with some, you know, some crack yeah, here. Yeah. So I went away to DFY for mm. like two years, came home. Mm. Stood home for a year. Mm. Then I wound up catching another case. That's crazy. You know, I went up north. I went, mm. you know, did, I served, uh, you know, a two-year sentence. Okay. You know, upstate prison. Okay. Then I came home. I probably, when I came home from the upstate bit, I probably was like 20. 
Oh, so you was adolescent. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So now that lasted. I, I stood home for a year. Then I mm-hmm. got into, I caught a major, you know, case. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it stemmed from one of my, you know, friends, homies, uh, uh, who I met while I was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Now we're both home. Wow. He's doing, you know, we out here. We, doing we, anything. We, we, we you know, doing we be surviving. No question. You know, and mm-hmm. by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And um he wound up he was selling guns to undercover officers. Oh. And, you know, on this particular date, yeah. he was like, Yo, D, yo, give me a ride. You know, oh. I need to be, you know, I gotta pick up some money, mm-hmm. someone so he didn't get into the particulars, but I'm mm-hmm. like, Yeah, okay, bro, you my you know, yeah, you my yeah. boy, you need a ride, come on. I got yeah. a car, let's yeah. go. Yeah. But I didn't know that during you know, this particular day, mm-hmm. they were going to arrest him because he had sold probably uh, he, three three times he had oh, sold guns to these wow. undercover agents. Wow. So when we went, when I drove him, mm-hmm. you know... Um, this ain't had nothing to do with you. Had nothing to do with me. Wow. But it just goes to show you how, how God works. Mm-hmm. I was living very negative. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know... As I look back at now, mm-hmm. you know, that it was a, this is how God, you know, protected me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get into that a yeah, little bit no more. Yeah, no question. Yes, Let me indeed. just proceed with the actual yeah. incident at hand. Yes, indeed. So he went to meet these individuals in the parking lot, municipal parking lot in the junction. Mm-hmm. is the know, area in the Flatbush. Yeah, Bob says. So when we drove up into the parking lot, mm-hmm. you know, my friend gets out the car, mm-hmm. you know, and next you know, he's talking to two guys, mm-hmm. one Spanish and one black. They was in the red pathfinder. Wow. So when they get out, me, it was me, my 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 boy OP, mm-hmm. and then my boy Troy in the back yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah. So OP was the one who, you know, yeah. we, I was giving the ride to. Yeah. So he steps out the car, he starts talking to these two gentlemen mm-hmm. and they going back and forth. Mm-hmm. But I could see uh right off the bat it got heated. They yeah. were like arguing. Yeah. And then um next thing you know, from one minute to from one second to the next. Yeah. OP pulls out his gun yeah. and starts shot like Shoot. two or three times wow. at the two individuals, yeah. the black and the Spanish, the Spanish guy. guy yeah. They were in the red pathfinder, so they went around their um their car for cover. Yeah. And then they started shooting back. And, and they sh- shot him in his head. Wow. So wow. at this time, Troy gets out the back. Yeah. See? Yeah. He once he gets out the back of the car, they shoot him like four times oh, wow. in his arm. You know, four times in his arm, they grazed yeah. him one time in his head. Wow. Now, me, I get out, and I had, like, the car for coverage, so I start shooting back. Mm-hmm. You know, I shot, like, eight shots. I yeah. spent all the shells. I yeah. threw the gun. Yeah. But when I, at that moment, I realized, like, something is really crazy that's right. going on. Yeah. Then I seen different people converging from different angles. Oh. Big and step. now it's a lot, you know, it was a lot of shooting. So yeah. I dive on the floor and I make it out the parking lot. Mm-hmm. As soon as I make it out the parking lot mm-hmm. to run, you know, I seen someone stick a gun through the gate of the parking lot and they shoot me in my back wow. and they shot me in the back of my leg. Damn. Now, as I'm laying on the floor, mm-hmm. they run up on me mm-hmm. and they put handcuffs on me. And that's and when then, they knew it was yeah, police. Yeah, wow. that's when I knew they was police. Damn. Damn. So yeah. now... So, after that situation, what proceeded after that? Because I, 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 in the documentary, you mentioned something about 
EMT didn't want to give you no type of nah. They pain know they, they 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 you know EMT did their job. Uh-huh. You know um they got us in the you know they got me and T Roy. Well you know OP was dead. Yeah yeah. But um me and T Roy they they put us in different ambulances and uh-huh. hauled us off to the um to the hospital. But uh-huh. they didn't want to give us painkillers because wow. you know I guess they wanted us to suffer. Not even suffer, but talk. And they didn't want us. Put us under any kind of medication because if you keep oh. you under medication, then it's it's oh. n- it's not valid in court because you Damn. under you under medication. Dirty, damn boy! So by they, any means necessary with them. Yeah, so they like nah. Don't give them. You know the police told them don't give them no no painkillers or nothing. Wow. So, you know we got to the you know That's hospital and they tried to interview us and I'm like. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Y'all just killed my man. Yeah, yeah. And then at that time, once they realized that we weren't talking, that's when yeah. they wound up giving us medication. Wow. Because they shot me in my, my femur. They broke my femur. Yeah. And your femur is the strongest bone in your body. Yeah. You know, till this day, I have a rod in my leg. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, they shattered. They break that. Yeah. Like you said, that's the strongest bone in your body. Damn. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. Yeah. And you know, sure, you know, after that, you know, um, you know, we 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 were, you know, basically arrested, arrested in the hospital. Yeah. We had handcuffs yeah. on the hospital beds. Yeah. I had to get surgery mm-hmm. to repair my right femur. Mm-hmm. Uh Troy had to get surgery because they wound up shattering his arm. His arm, yeah. Right arm, you know. Wow. And he had to get a rod in his arm. Yeah. Damn. And um, um and this after was that, a- yeah. You know, after that, they after we got, you know, we was in the hospital for like two to three weeks, and mm-hmm. then they shot us to Rikers Island. Wow, and that's and that's and that's when the journey began. Yeah, bro, that's wow. that's when you know it got real. You know, I I was on on the island, you know, previously, mm-hmm. you know, a few other times, mm-hmm. but this particular time it was different because yeah. now they had you know um, a lot of gang activity yeah. now on yeah. Rikers Island. You yeah. know that. You know the the the, the bloods, and, Kings, Kings yeah. and all that. They started now, you know, um, having factions and branches in mm-hmm. in, in New York mm-hmm. and Rikers Island was was mm-hmm. like the breeding ground for all this. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. You know, um, and 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 the bloods has started off as a mechanism to to fight off the Spanish gangs. Okay. Because you had the Nietas and the Latin Kings, and they yeah. was abusing blacks. Really. Yeah, they were. They doing blacks dirty. Word. So then finally, you know, the blacks got together. Like, yo, listen, man. You know, um, you you know, you had individuals who mm. you like, yo, listen, enough is enough. So mm. they created bloods. Bloods, and that's a jewel for y'all out man. there, man. That the, the origin of where blood started from, at least in New York. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Started in jail. I went ninety three, right? Yeah, ninety three. Yeah, ninety three. And that started. That's how it started off, and it had. You know, it's positive roots because if you look at it, you know, even you know a lot of these gangs, they they started off with positive morals mm-hmm. and, and and bylaws mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. but then you know it went to the left. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, damn. So your time on the island, I guess you was caught in the middle because it go going back to what you said, like how you grew up in Brownsville. Yeah, you just Spanish kid. Yeah, predominantly definitely. black community. So how did that how did that play out in jail? Well, you know, first and foremost, let me say that you know prison is the most racist <laughs> atmosphere mm-hmm. you know known out there. Like mm-hmm. you know, 
is you know you, I, I remember cats mm-hmm. or individuals who were best friends and yeah. one could be black one could be Spanish and on the streets they don't mess with each other when they get to jail they don't mess with each other wow. because everybody is clicked up you got your you know you got the Spanish over yeah, here yeah. Uh, you got the blacks over here and yeah. even within yeah. those races you have subcultures yeah. because in the blacks then you got a separated Muslims over here mm. then you have you know um, you know uh, uh, uh you know your bloods over yeah, there, yeah, yeah. and whatever else, different kinds of subcultures. Yeah. Even with the Spanish, you mm. might have your, you know, you, your Neathas over here, mm. and you got your Dominican um, gangs mm. over here. You know, um, it's, it's 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 so you know um, divided and yeah. segregated. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But so I was caught up in between all that because here it is. I grew up in a black neighborhood. Uh-huh. I grew up with black people. Yeah. Like my best friends, you know, yeah. that I used to be with every day are black. Yeah. But now I'm in this environment where, you know, you know, everything is separated, all yeah. the races. Yeah. That I'm caught up in the middle. War zone. It was war zone. But what I did is my my because I am who I am, mm-hmm. I'm I was for right or wrong. That's no how sure. I was rolling with. No question. I wasn't I don't care if you black, orange, purple. Yeah. Pink or whatever. Yeah. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If you're right, you're right. No and that's what made got me through my bed. And that's what guys, even though people, uh, you mm-hmm. had individuals who probably didn't like me, yeah, but they respected me because you was you was fair. I was fair and I was firm. No I'm question. not with all this races. We yeah. all the same at no the question. end of the day. If no y'all want to, you know, get into this old race stuff mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know, be divided as as more divided than we actually are. That's yeah. on y'all. I'm not going. I'm not gonna stoop to that level. No question. I'm no with question. You. if you right, you right. If you wrong, you wrong. No question. You know, and that's how I carry myself. No question. And, you know, and, and made my way through. Um, because I wound up, you know, serving 12 years and eight months. You know, wow. during that time. Wow. But it was my college. Mm-hmm. It was my u- university. It mm-hmm. gave me the opportunity to get to know who I was and mm-hmm. learn myself. Mm-hmm. And even though you know, um, I you know I was. You know, I was physically away from my loved ones. Mm-hmm. You know, my freedom was, you know, I didn't have my freedom. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I tell you, I think if I didn't go to prison for that mm-hmm. time, yeah. I think everything was written. You know how God, it, yeah. it was written. Like yeah. Nas said, yeah. this was written. Yeah. It was written for me to be the, be away for 12 years and eight months for me to find myself. Yeah. Because I think if I would have came home mm-hmm. in three years or four years, I either got up. murdered. Yeah. Well, I probably got jammed up for the rest of my life, yeah, you yeah. know, because it was enough to help me um, change, you know, into a better person. Yeah, got you. Yeah, a lot of people say that, man. Some people go away, it's a blessing. That's like my man Shell, you know what I mean? Cam know him. You know, he had to do it 15 to get out of here because he mm. probably would have got finitoed out here in these streets. Yes, like, sir. You know what I mean? So yes, sir. sometimes it, it, it helps you become a better person, man. And it helped you transform to who you are today. So yeah, and mm-hmm. so and now and and getting all that, you know, I'm on the island. You mm-hmm. know, I want to blow and trial because I went mm-hmm. to trial. You went to trial. Okay. Yeah, and I blew trial to nine and a half to nineteen years. You know, and Ooh. you know, I wound up. I was released on my conditional release date, which mm-hmm. is uh, 
two thirds of your maximum. Yeah, yeah. So two thirds of nineteen was mm-hmm. twelve years and eight months. So yeah. I wound up because I went to the board two times and they said they were they weren't letting they weren't granting me parole. And you wasn't getting in trouble in there enough. Now I wasn't getting in trouble, wow. but it's because of my case because it yeah, involved you yeah. know police. Yeah, you know they were like, "No, nah, we're not letting this guy out." Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, I had a previous felony. Mm-hmm. I was upstate mm-hmm. previously, mm-hmm. so all that you know they took all that into consideration. Yeah, but. You know, it turned out to be a blessing because I was not only able to learn who I was, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was able to go into a correctional facility called Wallkill. Wallkill. Yeah, and, during, and in Wallkill, mm-hmm. they offered the optical program. Mm-hmm. It was the only, you know, facility in New York State and maybe even in, you know, um, United States yeah. correctional facilities, period, yeah. that offered this optical, optical program. program. yeah. And, you know, I went in there, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, when I got to Wallkill, I remember a, a friend that I knew from back in the day, Sean, mm-hmm. you know, um, Sean was like, hey, brother, you know, you need to get up in this program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm glad that I had sense enough to listen to him. So because you had to study, you mm-hmm. know, this algebra. I was away from school for years. Damn, I, algebra. Oh, yeah. you're dealing with math and the numbers. And yeah, exactly. Like, okay. So you had to pass. Uh, Boy. Uh, a basic, you know, basically, I would say like a a, a senior level math uh, test in order to get in the program. Wow! So I had to study for it because I was out of school for mad long. <laughs> How long did it take you to um? Uh, it to, took to me study? probably like two months, man. Two months to really wow. get back into it. And you gotta understand, yeah. you know, when you in Costco, you don't have these distractions that you had when you were in society. Yeah. So two months is probably like. Eight months, you yeah, know, yeah, a free yeah, time, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I was dedicated and I was very motivated. Yeah. I was like, "Yo, I got it. I'm gonna get into this program." No doubt. And that's one of the things that I learned about myself. Mm-hmm. That, and it, it serves itself now. That what I put my mind to, mm-hmm. you can do nine, it. Nine out of ten times, I'm I'm accomplishing it. it. No question. You know, no and, question. And, and I got to really know my true potential too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. I get into the optical program mm-hmm. and I wound up excelling in there. I wound mm-hmm. up doing really great in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, uh, in 2006, mm-hmm. of October October 10th of 2006, mm-hmm. I was paroled. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I probably was home. I was home two days and I was already working in the optical field. Wow. So... Just to back up a little bit, with those programs, like the optical program, like they mentioned something about core crafting and the rates that you guys get. It wasn't like nah. what was what what was the rates they was giving y'all? I like probably was y'all. getting probably like thirty five dollars a two weeks. Oh wow! They made it seem like it was some extravagant ass nah, rate compared not, to what everybody else is doing. Like nah. they get good rates and okay, so it's okay, not, you know, it's uh-huh. you know, for, if you're not, you know, at the end of the day, I was a grown man, uh-huh. you know. Um, because, you know, you know, I wasn't, I'm going to be honest with you, mm. you know, I heard a lot of good women. Got you. So, you know, when I got incarcerated, yeah. you know, females were like, you know, I ain't come to check yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, But that's another story gotcha. because it was a blessing for my for me because being away from women let me appreciate them. No question. I grew up in the era, I'm going to be honest with you, mm. NWA, a bitch is a bitch. Yeah, facts. You know, so I did a lot of good women yeah. dirty. Yeah, you know we grew saying? up I'm, in a rape culture. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with yeah. you. So, you know, being away, you know, from, um, you know, none, you know, I didn't have a, a solid relationship with a woman mm-hmm. while I was, you know, in the in course the of my bed. Yeah. But 
that was for a reason because mm-hmm. it allowed me to appreciate women. No I had doubt. to stay, you know, I had to, God kept me away from them for that amount of time yeah. so I could be like, yo, I could appreciate a good woman yeah. when he brought one into my my life when I, you know, when when I, you know, mm-hmm. came that home. That one, yeah, no you doubt, know? no doubt. Blessing. Yeah. That's a blessing. So, so, um, you got released. Yeah, I got released. And um, two days after being released, I'm working in an optical program. I'm mm. in an optical shop in Flatbush, Brooklyn. Mm. Like, you know, two days later after serving, you know, almost 13 years. Damn, bro. that's a hell of an internship to get you a real job when you come out. Yeah, wow. bro, I was more than, I was, I was, I was more than ready. And the thing yeah. about it is that the, 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 the um, owner of the establishment knew that I was just coming home. Mm. So he lowballed me. He only gave me $8 an hour. Oh, slime ball. But at the end of the day, you know what? This is grateful. My thing was this. Mm -hmm. I had a plan. Yeah. And this is the thing. When you have a plan and Uh you know who you are, Uh that's nothing. I'm like, yo, this is temporary. Yeah. But you got to get your foot in the door some way. And and with that experience, you learned the whole game while you was there. Exactly. And you got to, and that's what I tell Individuals who coming home from the penitentiary that they looking for these CEO jobs. Yeah, that's not a lot of times. It's not realistic. Yeah, you know it's not realistic. You have to start, get what you could get, yeah. and show your work. Yeah, yeah. You know, and to me, I I took the eight dollars an hour. Yeah. But guess what? I'm like, yo, this is gonna be a stepping stone for me, and yeah. it was. Yeah. Because yeah. I worked for um this uh. uh individual for two years mm-hmm. and after two years i wound up opening up my own establishment wow that's yeah. big man. yeah and that's that's exclusive eyewear yep exclusive wow. eyewear um i wound up you know with with with, with my partner Lawrence uh, camera yeah shout we, out to cam yeah shout out to cam we um we opened um exclusive eyewear uh, in 2008 wow yeah and we had a 10-year run that's crazy yeah. man yep. that's crazy man so yeah. Coming home, took the low ball off, learned the game, and then opened yours in two years. That's yeah. a hell of a plan. Kid. Yeah, that's yeah, a hell of a man. Plan. I commend you for that, man. Yeah, for real. A lot of people don't don't see those type of stories. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or they don't even believe that they can even achieve something like that. Coming home, and two years later, you open up your own establishment. That's a big thing, man. So, so to the, to the young listeners out there, man, what what kind of advice would you give them? Following a situation like you just got yourself out of, like what what type of advice would you give them? First and foremost, you got to know who you are. Yeah, you know you got to know who you are because if you don't know who you are, mm-hmm. then you're gonna allow anybody else to define you, mm-hmm. and they're gonna manipulate you for their you know interests yeah. and not yours. Yeah. So once you know who you are, you know that's half the battle. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. then you know you have to be able to. Put yourself in, you know, positions and mm-hmm. opportunities mm-hmm. that at first, like, you may not seem like, I'm going to give you an example, mm-hmm. all right? When I was shooting a documentary, mm-hmm. I first presented it to a young brother. He was just coming, you know, graduating out of college. Mm-hmm. But he was trying to charge me, like, you know, John Singleton, you know, uh, John Singleton money, you know what I'm saying? Wild. You know, and... Yeah. I'm like, yo, um, sometimes you have to, you know, give it away mm-hmm. to show, you know, your mm-hmm. worth. Mm-hmm. And 
I say that I want to relate it to me coming home mm -hmm. and accepting that eight dollars. It's yeah. basically I was giving away my services, but yeah. I'm showing them yeah. my worth, no and question. it paid off. No question. Because I worked for him for for two months, and in two months he wound up giving me fifteen dollars an hour. Wow. You wow. know, yeah. and then two years later I wound up opening yeah. my oh, own establishment. Boy. So boy. what I say to the young kids is, you 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 first. Sometimes you have to humble yourself mm -hmm. you have to know how to humble yourself mm -hmm. and put yourself in a, a situation where where you could show your worth mm -hmm. and once you show your worth the money's gonna come no question you no know question. but you know a lot of times you trying to get the money immediately yeah. and you uh wind up um uh, 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 killing opportunity. No question. No question. Where and and for those that don't know, his documentary um, premiered at BAM Brooklyn Academy of Music. Yeah, Brooklyn Academy of Music. You know what I mean? And now it's available on Amazon Prime. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, it's available on Amazon Prime. All mm -hmm. you got to do is just search for Section Three: Finding My Vision. Mm -hmm. It's you know it's not long. Mm -hmm. You know it's thirty-seven minutes long. Mm -hmm. It's something you know uh, that I really made for the young adults. Mm -hmm. You know who um, just to give them some inspiration and motivation because mm -hmm. here it is. You know I did. Almost 13 years, 12 years and 8 months. I came home when I was 34. Wow. You know, and in 12 years, you know, because I'm 46 now, mm -hmm. I was able to have owned my own business, mm -hmm. successful business for no 10 question. years. No question. You know, I have a beautiful family. No question. I have a beautiful home. No question. You know, um, I'm living a, you know, a comfortable life. Yeah. And if I could do it after experiencing prison for 12 years and 8 months, mm -hmm. If you've never been in prison, if you're 21, 20, 19, sky's the limit for you. That's a fact. That's Sky a fact. is the limit for you. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, so moving on to like the nonprofit side of things. So are you like uh, frequently visiting these pri um, prisons where you got your opportunity to learn these programs? Like what are you doing with the nonprofit thing? What What is SOUP? Well, SOUP, it, um, it's an acronym for... Um, Scholastic Optical Upliftment Program. Mm -hmm. And basically, soup, I, I created soup, you know, I founded soup with the purposes that I want to um, mentor young adults mm -hmm. and I want to use the optical um, uh, uh, field mm -hmm. as a vehicle to do so. Um, because That's of optical, being, I'm a, well, first and foremost, let me tell proof. you, I'm a New York State licensed optician mm -hmm. and I make decent money, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and and it's a it's professional. It's mm -hmm. is you know I'm I'm licensed by New York State once mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. and I never knew about this until I went to I didn't know anything about what an optician was until I went to prison. Blessing. So soup is basically my you know um, chance to teach young adults mm -hmm. the optical trade before they have to go to prison no in doubt. order for them to learn. No doubt. I want to catch them before yeah. they get you know get to the you know get caught up in the penitentiary yeah. system yeah. you know in the criminal justice system yeah. and i want to let them know yo listen this is an option yeah. you yeah. know and you see what and my documentary is just showing them this is what it did to me i'm yeah. I'm, I'm good no you question. know god bless no me question. No and question. He, he could bless you too you no know because you know my thing is this is that you see a lot of um 
you know, you see a lot of uh, uh, individuals who come from the environments that we come from the hood mm -hmm. and they make it successful playing sports or in the entertainment industry. And you, you know, you got a lot of stories like that, but you yeah. don't have too many stories where, you know, individuals are being successful with being, you know, in the optical optician. industry That's or being, a, you know, being an optician. Mm -hmm. They don't. And the thing about it, if I never went to prison, you know, for the amount of years that I did, mm -hmm. I would even became an eye doctor, an optometrist or mm -hmm. ophthalmologist, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, but because I went, you know, I went away and. And it requires like eight years of schooling, you know, and I had a family, you know, as soon as I, you know, I came on 2006, mm -hmm. 2007, I was already married mm -hmm. and my son was about to be born into this world. So oh. I didn't have the opportunity to, yeah. you know, uh, you know, go Another back school. to school for another yeah. six years. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had to, you know, pay bills and no stuff question. like that. No question. But for these, young, for you young adults out there who... Who don't have, you know, you feel you, your, your options are limited. Mm -hmm. Listen, you have a whole lot of options. Let me tell you, so, available to you, you know. So how 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 can we get kids to come into get involved with soup with your organization? Well, first and foremost, I have mm -hmm. a website. Mm -hmm. You know, I want you to go on there, check it out. Mm -hmm. It's um soup nonprofit, mm -hmm. um you know dot com. That's and S O U P. S O U P like soup like the mm -hmm. soup that you eat mm -hmm. nonprofit.com mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and you could go up in there leave some comments mm -hmm. you could email me mm -hmm. you know reach out to me and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll definitely um um get back to you mm -hmm. and you know right now where I'm basically in the um um development stage okay. of the um nonprofit I'm okay. still looking for uh you know um funding gotcha. and you know but you know hopefully that will be coming through soon yes. where i can have a physical location mm -hmm. and you know and and i'm i want to be able to teach younger adults the full spectrum mm -hmm. of the optical field mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um from the front end to the back end mm -hmm. and you know it's 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 a beautiful thing because you know um it, 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 I feel good going to work every day. No question. You know because you love doing. Yeah, I love doing because yeah. you're, you're you're helping people see better. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and you know, the title Finding of vision. Yeah, and the title of the documentary it, it falls in line with yeah. you know with, with sight. You know, no section question. three. Finding my, I had to find my vision. No question. I was blind. No <laughs> Yo, man, that's a hell of a story, man. That's that's a positive story, man. We like shedding light on positive situations, man. And um, where can people come to your store, place of business, if they need any type of eyewear or anything like that? Give them the address to your establishment. Uh, well, we um located exclusive eyewear located mm -hmm. in 362 Livingston Street, Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you can always come on by the phone number 718-596-9393, you know, but, you know, but you could definitely hook me up at, um, you could hit me up at, you know, soup nonprofit at Gmail, you know, if you have any questions, you want to shout out, you know, um, you know, uh, if, if you want to get some more insight into this optical field, hit me up, man, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm an open book. Yeah, give me, give me your Instagram, give them everything, man. Yeah, so, um, send people your way, Yeah, Soup Nonprofit, you know, on, um, on Instagram, and, um, you know, you can find me there, you know, um, and, you know, I look forward to hearing from, you know, from, from the fans and the audience, man. No question, no question, man, yeah, because what you're doing is good, man, we want to shed as much light on that as possible, and if we could kind of help you push 
that program into the right hands, like elected officials or something like that, man, you know, we can always come up with a plan for that, man. Yeah, you know I appreciate I mean? it, man, because this is something major, man. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, um, it's funny that, you know, my lawyer, you mm-hmm. know, Brian Robinson, shout yeah. out to Brian, you know. Shout um, out to Brian Robinson. When I first met him and, mm-hmm. you know, um, we were talking and I, you know, told him what I, you know, what I do, mm-hmm. I'm an optician. He said, mm-hmm. you know what? My father was an optician. Wow. And, you know, if, if it wasn't for my father, I wouldn't be a lawyer. Wow. You know, man, and he was like, yo, I, it's rarely that I meet, you know, someone, you know, that is an optician. Right? Yeah. And it was, it was, it was like, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? Life, life is ill, man. Life is definitely crazy, man. You never know who you'll meet, who you'll cross paths with. You know what I mean? And um, I appreciate you, D-Dot, man. Yeah, real, man. man. I, I definitely appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing your story. You know what I mean? Because like I said, it's a powerful one. A lot of people don't hear these type of stories and they don't see these type of outcomes. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And I appreciated that documentary. So for those who didn't go see it, like he said, it's on Amazon Prime. Go ahead, tell them where it's at again. Yeah, it's man. on Amazon Prime, man. Section 3, Finding My Vision, mm-hmm. man. You know, uh, you're going to enjoy it, man. Mm-hmm. It's just a uh, authentic example of inspiration, of change, mm-hmm. you know, to inspire, you know, mm-hmm. to motivate, man, you know, because, you know, our young adults, man, you know, we have, we have so many options that we 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 we're not even knowledgeable of mm-hmm. man and you know mm-hmm. i just want to be able to bring that shed that to light man mm-hmm. so you you know our young adults don't feel that they're just pigeonholed they're going to these different types of um fields mm-hmm. you know it's, mm-hmm. it's a you have a whole lot of options that mm-hmm. you're not even aware that's of that's a fact that's a fact i wish that those were the options that i paid attention to when i was a young and but you know yeah life is life man and things happen you know sometimes for the best for people yeah. you know what i mean so again d dot dorian cabrera you know what i mean bars and hoops stills the great signing off peace peace